0: Hello, and welcome to a special edition pre tournament coverage episode series from the Plastics Podcast Part Two here. Three American wankers who will do their best to give you some coverage on the teams going into the World Cup this year and why you, the viewer, should care. You're joined by Uruguayan understudy, Maddie Gaylor. Hello. And the hot Moroccan mama himself, Blair Lacrosse. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> I don't know about that. And myself, the Korean king. Oh. Okay, what? <laughs> Jacob Burke.
1: You get Korean I get Moroccan yeah, mama? You're a hot yeah. Moroccan mama. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm an understudy. Is that what MILF
0: stands for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we. You're. I mean, let's be honest. I'll just... Cards on the table. You're hearing us record directly after finishing part one. We are in a marathon recording episode right now, and we are going to do our best to bring you groups E... G, E, F, G, and H.
1: What about the alphabet?
0: (laughs) E, F, G, and H. All 16 teams from there. uh, The basic facts, what they have done to get here, and what you could expect from them this World Cup. How are we feeling in part two, guys? Are we feeling, is our stamina up? Are we still feeling fresh? Oh, I'm in it. Still feeling empowered and impassioned to give us all the info we need on these World Cup teams.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very <laughs> well. Let's get into it. We do a format uh, for this to go over each team uh, fairly in depth for you and to give some key takeaway points. Uh, we give the team's manager, their current FIFA ranking, and their opponent FIFA ranking in the group. Their style of play. What we think of them as a jersey rating. I gave the jerseys a S, A, B, C, D, F tier, and Patty and Blair gave their ratings on a basis of one to 10. Then we talk about the narrative of the team going in, where they're at, you know, expectations of them, the big issue that plagues their side. Players to watch. This can be as many as you want. Uh, we um, Sometimes it's one times it's somebody has like two or three. And then finally, a prediction that we have for the team in the World Cup. Let's start off hot. Hot, hot, hot. Too hot to trot. Spain. Ooh. Let's go
1: with Spain. <laughs> With uh, Luis Enrique at the helm as manager, the seventh-ranked team in the world, Spain enters World Cup Group E, facing off against Costa Rica, ranked 31, Germany ranked 11, and Japan ranked 24. I think this group is actually situated to be pretty fun and interesting. For some reason, somebody put their picture of a pig pooping on its own balls for their style. I'm not sure what that's about. Um that was me actually. Because Spain love to do this thing where they pass and 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 and pass and pass and pass and big names as you'd expect from a team like spain a soccer nation a team a country that puts out tons of talent has some of the biggest clubs in the world but they have a kind of a weird national team setup so that's where i think their biggest issue is is who's going to score the goals where are they going to come from they want to possess the ball they'll pass you to death they'll press it's all good but who's going to score the damn ball I'm not sure. Players to watch from this side, I mean, there's a lot to mention here, but Pedri is the guy, I think. He's 19. He's blossoming into a real talent on the continent. He plays, I think, well above his age. He's a very talented young player. And I'm not just saying this because I own one of his jerseys. He's kind of, yeah, I could do it all midfielder. That's pretty fun. Another thing to watch out for here, uh, Rodri. Pretty good. Ever heard of him? And City, anybody? No. Uh, Sergio Busquets, probably the last World Cup. Honestly, he's 34. He's a captain of the squad. Spain's jerseys are, I think, pretty slick. I like their away jersey, the blue one. It's kind of got this cloud look about it, or like raindrops or something, um, with some stripes. I think the blue, the sky blue offset with some red and yellow stripes on the shoulders and oh. the very sort of red and yellow crest at the sternum. Yeah, Makes for a nice color combination. And I gave it a 7 out of 10. Nice. Now, my prediction for them is that they'll probably be fine in that group. But, like, maybe they won't be? Mm. Interesting group. I think it's actually pretty tough top to bottom. And I'll be very curious to see how they, they do. In their defense, they had, I would say, what came down to a very marginal finish in the Euros against France. That I think if it had gone their way would have, you know, tipped the balance between them having a poor Euros and having a decent Euros, and when it comes down to penalties like that, it's just kind of a flip of the coin. So maybe that was overly harsh to say they had a poor Euros, but they did have a poor Euros. So you know, maybe maybe I'm underselling this team a bit. It's obviously very talented. They could make a run. I just don't see where the goals are going to come from. Maybe Pino. Maybe you know. We'll see.
0: Okay. All right, uh, I've, I've got one question. Yeah, you, no clear number nine. What are your thoughts in your research on Alvaro Morata?
1: <laughs> Alvaro Morata is a hilarious player, man. Because like he, at one point he had just like he's he was considered like really really great number nine. He's played for some of the best clubs in the world, but he's just like never really like hit the, the like levels. You know, he's just not like gone to that next level. And I just think he's got like this. He's probably got like a really hilarious highlight reel out there of him missing like fantastic chances to score. And so that he's like, for me, the main source of contention is just like if Alvaro, Alvaro Murata somehow finds a way to shoot it between the sticks not at the goalkeeper. They have a good chance. But all right. we'll see if that happens. I don't know.
0: Fair enough. We can move on from Spain. All right. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. For Costa Rica, I've got old dogs against big guns. <laughs> oh, all right. I like it. <laughs> we didn't
2: didn't Blair call Spain bit the big guns.
0: Yeah. Nice. That was not <laughs> planned whatsoever. That? That's adorable. All right. Old dogs, big guns. Uh, so Costa Rica's manager, uh, the newly minted Luis Fernando Suarez. Uh, he's a bit of a merchant manager. He's been around the block. Uh, he started managing Costa Rica in 2021. His side is ranked 31 worldwide. And they're against Spain 7, Germany 11, and Japan 24. They are punching up here. They have got their work cut out. They play a four-four-two. They have reactive pressing, which is much of their play. So when they do get the ball, it's very quick and very direct. No time for games. I like to hark this for anyone that knows it to Atletico Madrid. That, that's what I'm reminded most of. Their jersey rating, uh, clean but uninspired. I give it a D. Mm. It's not great. However, uh, Costa Rica might have it in them to pull off a surprising Quarterfinals finish just like they did in the 2014 World Cup. But in order to do that, they have mountains to climb. In arguably, my opinion, one of the hardest groups in the tournament, they find themselves at the bottom looking up. They will have to hark back to their glory days and pull out some unlikely victories if they are to make their mark in the sands of Qatar. Now, the thing is about. Costa Rica is that they don't like to come out of their shell and uh, score too much. They additionally have a pretty old cast of players. They rely on the legacy as currently Sanchez likes to pick the guys that he knows. He likes the known quantities. Uh, He doesn't really invest in the youth too much with this team. And this is most likely the last world cup for many of these guys Uh, players to watch. There's really uh, the big one, the Panther Keeler Navas. He is a goalkeeper extraordinaire. Second fiddle at PSG to uh, Donnarumma, but he's still got that dog in him. All right, He's a three-time Champions League winner, and that was the trifecta, the back-to-back-to-back wins. In terms of an outfield talent, uh, Jewison Bennett is an attacker for Sunderland, and he's the kind of guy who is super fluid on the ball. I'm not going to say he's an Usman Dembele type, but you heard it here. And if I had to paint a picture, this is the guy that might be flashy enough to earn a move during this tournament. My prediction for this team, though, they, don't, they no longer have the fire of youth on their side. Unless several miracles happen, I see them flaming out in the group. I just can't see them beating the likes of Spain and Germany and Japan. Germany? Germany.
2: Germany. Flick finds favor once again at what's basically Bayern. Uh, manager, Hansi Flick.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, what's basically Bayern?
2: <laughs> uh, FIFA rating, 11. Uh, style of play. Look at Bayern Munich. Uh, it's basically the style reference. They all play there mainly. Flick left Bayern a couple years ago, pretty dramatically. Uh, they're all pretty tied to it. Germany com- commonly set up in a 4 uh, 2 with two screening midfielders and attacking trio behind a central striker. However, they may switch to a three-four-two-one. Against a stronger opposition, which in their group, Spain, maybe. Um, Jersey rating, I'm about it. 8.5 out of 10. Pretty cool rating. They went for it. They're pretty sick. Ooh, wow. The colors, the line work, the design. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: this is an ass yeah. for sure. It's it's clean. I am jealous. It's really clean. Yeah, yeah. the black and white. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, it's really nice. So the narrative: Germany are reinventing their team and their mantra. And Flick has a pretty good narrative. I'd vote for Flick. They have to reinvent themselves because they're they're they're. they're mantra for years never did it there they, they never uh their their big issue is being big underperformers. they have always been touted as one of the greats because how many great players have played on the team but they seem to un- underperform when it matters and that's the reason they're reinventing the german trademark name also Mats hummels left out might be a big issue right there players to watch uh kimmich uh, Goetze? Goetze. Goetze. Go, Gretzka? G O T Z E. Oh,
0: Goetze. Goetze. Mario Goetze? Mario Goetze,
2: Mario Goetze you and Makoko. Go-
0: Goetze? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yusafa Makoko <laughs> is a 17 year old teen playing for Dortmund. He's already scored six goals this season, but. It's not a shock Dortmund are good at developing young talent. With Timo Werner out, Flick needing an attacker at number 9 with shot prowess, he could have that Mokoko, Um He also has longevity, hopefully, at 17 years old. he And if he plays as long as uh, Goetze? Goetze. Goetze, he's got quite a few more national team appearances ahead of him. He's not. Uh, he is not only the youngest player to score 10 goals in the Bundesliga, but also the youngest player to make a debut at 16 years old. Joshua Kimmich is obviously the biggest player and the best player on the German side right now. He is a menace on the field for Bayern. Yeah, mostly. (laughs) A very defensive midfielder for Bayern. This is the role he will most likely take up for Germany as the main creative player and the assist king for everybody else. Very giving. He commands the back half and directs play in the front half. In their quest to reinvent the team, they brought back a mainstay from years ago, Mario Goetze. He hasn't been with the team in five years. He isn't the oldest player in the team. Neuer can claim that one. But he adds a certain level of experience and play on the field and out of the goal. You might remember him from scoring the winning goal in the 2014 final of the World Cup. He had a run of injury and sickness in 2016-17 and, and had to be removed from his squad due to a metabolic uh disease called myopathy which impacts the body's ability to allow muscles to recover he was treated recovered and rehabilitated and now will re-enter the world cup stage five years later the voice that germany might need on the field to control their group regain their game reinvent themselves maybe time will tell i have them coming out in the round of eight
0: uh i've got one question where what do you think their striker situation is going to be
2: it could be a couple of different things. Um, it could be Mukoko, who uh, some people seem to think that he's got you know a chance at being that person. And then there is also I had another guy uh, King Kai,
1: King Cobra Kai, Kai Havertz.
2: Oh, that, well, okay. Havertz will probably start. Mm-hmm. He's a known quantity. I feel like. He he's got a lot more experience, world, like World Cup playing experience. A little bit older, but I do think Mukoko is a good option for backup for a substitution that can prove himself
1: on this kind of stage.
0: All right, all right, fair enough. My question's answered. Moving on, Japan, Japan,
1: Japan, the blue samurai. Oh, that's it. That's all we need. Uh, what else do you need? Nothing. I think they're going to win the World Cup. <laughs> Like what uh, it's amazing. Um,
0: it's crazy that we have three champions in this. I know. So
1: far. <laughs> uh, Group E is anchored by Japan. Not Germany. Not Spain. Japan. They're led by their main man, Hajime Moriyasu. They play a sort of a defending counter 4-3-3 setup. Their really only biggest issue in, in, in this squad is that they don't have... A super reliable source of goals in their front line. Does that sound Does that sound familiar? Huh. But that being said, they do have attacking options. Now, their man to watch, I believe, is Daichi Kamada, who's a forward from Eintracht. Uh, he's got ten goals in twelve. Tw- I'm sorry, ten goals and assists combined in twelve Bundesliga matches this year. Three Champions League goals as well to boot. Uh, I think he'll probably be their main goal threat going forward, but. There are other options as well. Karu Matoma, Anybody buying what I'm selling here? (laughs) He's doing great right now at Brighton. Um, Love what we see from him. I think he is a good option if they should choose. He's not very highly capped in the Japanese side yet, but he's probably earning his way toward that. Um, Maybe we'll see him blossom at the World Cup, but he's definitely a forward option. And of course, we cannot forget Jacob's main man, Takumi Minamino who is struggling a bit at Monaco but you know still has genuine quality there and yeah definitely offers some attacking impetus as well in the forward line. I of course cannot forget my main man Takahiro Tomiyasu who is very versatile defender very good at both feet. He typically plays left center back for the Japanese side but also plays right back and left back for Arsenal and he's cool I love him. Now, Japan's jersey, it is just astounding it's beautiful. It is fantastic and it really gives mexico a run for its money in terms of the best jersey at the world cup i don't know it's a coin toss for me i might buy a japan jersey it's very very cool they have also have very cool reversible windbreakers um if you would like me to plug adidas for you (laughs) um yeah no they have fantastic fantastic jerseys i think that this team could be pretty tricky to play you know there's talent front to back for sure and you know, I think they'll just be a... They're, they're always pretty solid um, in the groups in Asia. They're always one of the stronger teams to come out of Asia. Um, there's plenty of talent within the squad. I think they could give this group some trouble. Now, do I think they're going to make it out of this group? Hard to say. But I think I'm going to predict that I, one of Germany or Spain is going to falter in this group. And I think the primary candidate to take advantage of that is this Japan's uh, side. So I'm going to go ahead and say they finish second in the group. <gasps> That's my prediction.
2: All right. So, all right. Who do we think do we got falters?
1: Yeah. Um, my money's on Spain. I think it's gonna be Spain. Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. Germany first. Japan second. Spain third. Costa Rica fourth.
1: Yep. Yes.
2: All right. Group E wrapped up. Bow tie. Let's go. Who's group got F. Belgium?
1: group f belgium belgium i belgium. have almost all of group f <laughs> so you won't be hearing from me okay. much after do you want to do
2: two i'll do one and then you do one yeah
1: all
0: right or do you want to do one one two or two one yeah what are you what's feeling? your
1: preferred formation let's just let's just roll go, right. go, go okay belgium in group f roberto martinez at the helm their fifa ranking is number two it's number two I don't know about that. Who who comes up with these rankings? I, I'm not sure about this one. Uh, they find themselves in a group with Canada, who are 41st, Croatia, who are 12th, and Morocco, who are 22nd. I also love this group. Group yeah. E and Group F to me are both very entertaining, top to bottom, because I think on their day, any one of these teams could could pull something out, even Canada. Um, I don't think I hate to say that. I I, I, I genuinely uh, think that they could do it. They employ a 3-4-2-1 or a 3-4-3 formation, and they have talented playmakers all over the pitch. Pretty much, they're also kind of old at this point. This is the tail end of a golden era for uh, this Belgium team. One that really hasn't won a whole lot, to be quite honest. Yeah, I've, I've, I was pretty harsh when I wrote this down. I called them serial bed shitters, which is probably a, little, a bit too much. But for all their talent, they've achieved a third place finish in the 2018 World Cup, which is respectable. Third place is good, but it's not <laughs> winning a World Cup. And fourth place finish in the 2021 Nations League. This is the last gasp for this group. Can they do it? That is, that is my question for them. Uh, players to watch. Everybody, I guess, in this team. Kevin De Bruyne. Any, any takers there? Can it's I sell?
0: The Good the Good sell, dad.
1: A, sell a stake there? Um, yeah. Uh, arguably the best midfielder in the world at this point, Jacob. I don't know if you'll agree. I think United. Yes. He's got the ability to carry this team, but can he do it? I mean, he hasn't yet. So we'll see the question marks at loom over Eden hazard and Lukaku though, who both have some injury doubts at this point. We'll see what they can muster. Uh, But our boy, Leandro Trussard, maybe a candidate for... Certified
0: uh, baller, Leandro Trussard. Maybe
1: he's a candidate for a a breakout World Cup. Let's see see it. I hope so. And, of course, you can't forget about Thibaut Courtois, who is just a monster of a human, a fantastic goalkeeper, and, yeah, still one of the best in the world um, at tending net. Um, My prediction for Belgium is that they face a bit of an uphill battle in this group. Croatia, Morocco, Canada. I think that's just tr- really tricky. I see a lot of rakes to step on here. And I think they're going to find themselves facing a t- uh, tournament heavyweight in the knockouts. I think they'll probably finish second in this group, but they're going to have to grind their way out to get there.
2: Who do you think they lose to
1: in this group? I'm just saying, I don't f- I'm don't. not going to predict that. Th- I'm not going to say that they're for sure losing to a team, but I could see Canada on their day, hitting on the counter, defending well, getting a, a, a result there. I could see Morocco, who are a bit resurgent. They've got some players back. They've got a new manager in. They they could maybe do it. Maybe less so that in that case. And Croatia, like, are just like Croatia. Yeah, I mean Luka Modric yeah. is, is still there. You know, I, it's it's hard to say best midfielder in the world. Yeah, the, uh, the, another one. Um, speaking of Canada, Canada with John Herdman at the at the helm.
0: Oh no! Wait! 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 Blair, you never mentioned Belgium's jerseys. Oh, shit.
1: Uh, yeah, Belgium's jerseys. Um, <clears throat> they had these black jerseys with flames on the sleeves. Another Guy Fieri inspired Guy Fieri inspired shirt. I oh, sick. didn't like them at all. <laughs> <laughs> really? I gave them a bad 4 out of We're, 10.
0: But their away jerseys is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, the other jersey's fine. Uh, I just didn't like the... You didn't like
0: the flames? No,
1: they, it just looks cheap. Yeah. It looks cheap to me. Yeah. So I, w- I was like, I don't, I don't fuck with That's it. fair.
2: <laughs> Their pre-match jersey is really cool.
1: Yes, the pre-match is very cool. Yeah. I basic. do like that quite a bit. Moving on to Canada. John Herdman at the helm. Can we try this again? Yeah. John Herdman, the most uh, hockey coach sounding name I've heard of any of these football coaches, I suppose. FIFA ranking 41. 41 for Canada. They make, they're making back-to-back World Cup appearances. Wow. My style is in written in all caps here. For the love of God, Alfonso Davies, please do something. <laughs> and defend. Usually in a back three, sometimes in a four. Now, I joke a little here, but only a little. Alfonso Davies is their best player by far and away. He's one of the best players in the world, probably. At least in, at the left back position. Uh, basically a natural winger who plays left back too, because he has the recovery pace and speed, uh, basically, that's second to none in the world at this point. The only thing holding him back is the uh, strength and uh, endurance of his own hamstrings, which do seem to be a problem. And so we really need to make sure that Alfonso Davies is somehow fully healthy and fit, which he says he will be for the World Cup. But I think all of these guys are going to say that no matter what. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him play on one leg if he has to because it seems like it's going to mean a lot but the big issue for Canada in my eyes is that they really don't hold on to the ball very well and so I think that's fine but when you can't hold possession you find yourself and a lot of the times in stressed defensive positions and they're going to have a lot of the men behind the ball which again is okay I think defending counter is fine it works in these kind of tournaments and they have the pieces to do it it worked for them in the octagonal I think it can work for them here, but they could also just find that they're shipping goals and uh, generally creating issues for themselves if they can't hold on to the ball. Counter attacking, though, being the name of the game, they have the pieces to do it. The players to watch, of course, are Alfonso Davies, who will be left wing back or left winger. Like I said, he insists that he's fully healthy after an injury scare before the World Cup. Others to watch out for Jonathan David, who continues to be a gunman for Lille. Guy loves to score a goal. Um, he plays kind of as a second striker for this team behind Kyle Lauren. And he, yeah, just kind of works off of him. Does a really good job of that. Uh, Other players to watch out for, Tejan Buchanan, another great player right wing. I think he's definitely someone who offers another option going forward. Now, they come to this tournament having finished first in the octagonal, but they've got more to prove. They've got talent to make something happen, but again, another uphill uh, battle against some heavyweights in the group. They might be able to sneak their way into second place, but... I think that's very tricky. I think they'll probably finish third. That's all I got for Canada. Oh, jerseys. Thank you. Sorry. Um, I like them. They're very simple. They got these little zigzags on the sleeves. It's very hard to mess up a red kit, in my opinion. I think they look nice, personally. And these are not an exception. 7 out of 10.
2: Pretty pretty solid black and red jersey.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Maddie, which one do you have? Croatia. Let's do Croatia. Give Blair a break here.
2: All right, Croatia. Croatia crosses, look to catch the cup. You'll, you'll see. Okay. Manager Zlatko Dalic, FIFA ranking 12, Morocco, Canada, Belgium in their group. Style of play, high possession, very organized, but their back line tends to push forward to fight for goals in the final third. They almost exclusively play in a 4-3-3, and they like to push the ball wide to cross into the box. 37 chance creating crosses in qualifying. They attempt 141 crosses in qualifying. It's an insane amount of crosses. Uh, Jersey rating, I give them a 9 out of 10. Very cool, different from a lot of other teams. Very Roblox.
1: Croatia has always had just really good jerseys.
0: Yeah.
2: I have a question, Jacob, and I want you to answer this. Okay. What is Croatia's narrative?
0: Croatia is a country born of strife and they are a country born out of the tail end of what is essentially the Soviet empire and Croatia have many, many world-class players that have been born out of the conflicts of these exact displacements of its people Uh, You can see that uh, most famously in Luka Modric, a child of what is essentially the Civil War in Croatia, uh, and he was forced to abandon his childhood home. Uh, He later could not go back to it because it was stuck in the middle of a minefield. His grandfather in his early childhood had to help him fight off looters. So obviously his family had to leave for their own safety, and he was forced to play soccer in the parking lots in uh, the uh, between the buildings of, I believe he moved to Zagreb. And that's kind of where a lot of these guys come from.
2: And that's why I asked you. Um, all right, big issue. They don't exactly have a big goal scorer in the group. Both Modric and Parasic uh, are tied for the um, number of uh, the most goals scored, which is three. Much like the United States, they cannot finish. But uh, they also don't have really the problem that we have where we have like, you know, four or five people that could do it. Luka Modric and Perisic can both score, but they tend to finish with ties and beat teams and penalties. Players to watch, Luka Modric um, and Perisic, but they both occupy the same roles at their respective clubs, making the pair really weird to watch because they kind of have to decide who's going to do the role that they're not used to, like occupying the midfield and safety, who's going to move forward, who's going to progress the ball up. They both do the same thing for their club. And so it's a little bit of like, Will they? Won't they? Situation of who's <laughs> gonna go go up and who's gonna stay back. This um,
0: attention's crazy. Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> cut it with a knife. Modric is very dangerous from a dead ball. Only Trippier created more chances from set pieces and qualify, qualifiers. Qualifiers. He became the oldest person to score off a set piece. He will be thirty-seven during this World Cup. Does he age? No. Perisic, on the other hand, uh, is. Uh, is the other threat on this team, pairing with Modric. He can play attacking with mid... Uh, oh, God. He can play attacking <laughs> wing, mid, center, second striker. He's a very versatile player up front, but still not the scoring talisman that they need. I initially wrote that they didn't make it out of groups.
0: Okay. But I sure.
2: think I'm going to change my mind and say they'll make it out of groups, but not farther. I think Canada's dangerous. I think the 41 is going to well, lure hang people into a false sense of security.
0: Maddie, we still haven't heard about one other team that might beat Croatia. Oh my gosh. Blair, what's that team?
1: Morocco. The hot mama, Morocco. It's Morocco. It's, mama, Morocco. Mama.
0: it's yes. the hot Moroccan
1: mama, Blair. That's right. Their manager, Walid Regragi. No. Let's, Let's try it one more time. Morocco's manager is Walid Regragi. He's their manager as of August. There's been a bit of a turmoil, upheaval, you might say, strife at the Moroccan national team setup. They fired their manager, which was good in the end because it brought Hakim Ziek back to the fold um, because he was unhappy with the former manager. I don't even, didn't even bother to look his name up. I mean, who yeah. cares? And yeah, um, it seems to have stabilized and improved the situation for the Moroccans rather dramatically. They find themselves ranked 22nd in the FIFA rankings. And. They are a team that's kind of on the up, I'll say. They've performed quite well in their last few friendlies and uh, qualifying matches. And yeah, I think they are a team that could make waves if things go their way. Now their style, sort of hard to say because this new guy in charge has only been there for a few months. So they'll probably run like a 4-3-3. They have very talented fullbacks in Mezraoui and Atraf Hakimi. Ziek is returning, like I said, after announcing his retirement from international uh, soccer, with the hiring of this new manager. So, yeah, a team on the up. I think that's the narrative for the squad now. Big issues for them. Questions linger at the striker position. Does this sound familiar, anybody?
0: <laughs> is <there a> striker <laughs> shortage? Where are all the strikers?
1: <laughs> Their main man Yusuf and Nasiri has had injury troubles. This was a guy who was pretty highly touted. He was doing quite well for Sevilla. And then he had a string of injuries and just hasn't been the same since returning. And they really need him to be their focal point and to be, um, I'd say, on par, their expectations for him to make any sort of run in this tournament and get out of this group. So that's the selection challenge there. Like the U.S. men's national team, they'll probably go with Ayub El-Kabi, who... Uh, I think will probably be their starter. Oh, by the way, their uh, Nickname is the Atlas Lions, which I thought That's was cool. cool. Very 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 cool, cool. player to watch after Fakimi PSG player Can play really both sides right back left back but just really versatile very uh, Attacking oriented fullback great passing range can progress the ball really well just can make things happen He's a real playmaker at the fullback position I think we sort of started to see him do that in the friendly against the men's, men's national team oddly enough and my prediction for this is that really the more I learned about each of these teams research three of the four The less clear it was to me like what what was going to happen in this group? I think Morocco have a shout at making something happen, but that's partly because I don't fully rate Belgium <laughs> um, And I don't know about Croatia, you know, I think they they can do it But will they I think Canada can make something happen. But again, there's a lot of ifs there so to me, there's a lot of question marks that linger and so I think this is a group that's sort of up for grabs and it's not one that will just sort itself by FIFA rankings like we've done with the others. So all that is to say, I still don't think Morocco make it out of the group. I think though that this will just be a bloodbath of a, of a group, maybe underrated as like a group of death. Is anybody's honest. game? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I have them finishing third, but like, I don't feel strongly about that. They could finish first for all I know.
0: Well, let's nail it down right now. Group F uh, who finishes first. Belgium, Canada. I could see Canada doing it, but I could also see Croatia doing it.
2: Okay, I see Croatia, Canada, Belgium, Morocco. I mean, no, Belgium's got to make it out, right? Do they? Croatia, Belgium, Canada, Morocco. Croatia, Belgium, Morocco, Canada. Canada, Morocco. Thank
0: you. Canada, Morocco. The other two. (laughs) Cease to be existing.
1: Okay, I'm going to go first place. Belgium. Okay. Second place, Canada.
0: Yeah, I agree. Third place, Croatia. Croatia. And fourth place, Morocco. Yeah. All right, well.
1: All right. I do not feel strongly about that. No. That That is a pick them from a hat kind of thing. Belgium will get out of it, I guess. That's my guess. That's how I feel confident in that group about.
0: Belgium. Oh, Belgium.
1: Yes. Group G. Did you talk about
0: Morocco's jerseys, Blair? Damn Damn it.
1: Yet again, voiced by my own petard. I wrote here, pretty slick. They have a two-tone red shirt with the flowery pattern on the shoulders. There's a green crest that pops from the red on the chest. I gave it a 7 out of 10.
0: Two-tone!
1: And I got me a few ones.
0: All right, we're moving on to Group G, a.k.a. Greener Pastures. Let's go. Brazil, the Samba Boys saddle up. Oof. Manager. Adenor Leonardo Bacci, aka Tite. This is his last hurrah with the team as he intends to step down after the World Cup. FIFA ranking numero uno, baby numero uno. That means one. Uh, well, up their opponents ranking uh, according to FIFA: Serbia is number twenty-one, Switzerland's number fifteen, and Cameroon is number forty-three. Now, as for style, it's Brazil. It's going to be a little of a flash, a little bit of a you know, a little bit of a style thing, a little bit of a, ooh, ah, hey. But they usually go a 4-3-3, but sometimes they also do a 4-4-2. But in my opinion, if Brazil opt for the 4-2-3-1 style, they will unleash several players here, especially Neymar. Uh, They like to use Richarlison as the first choice striker here, along with Neymar as either to pair with him or just behind him. Rafinha usually graces on the wings alongside Vinicius. Jersey rating, classy. Sleek. The away, I think, is funky fresh. I give it a cool B. I've always liked their jerseys. Uh, Narrative here. If there is any team this year whose tournament it is to win it, an argument can be made strongly for Brazil. They come in on a goal-scoring tear. In World Cup qualifying at Combo they had 40 goals scored. Second place Argentina had 27. They were cruising through qualifying. They have an absurd depth of of talent in the squad, naming a mind-boggling nine attacking players to the squad. Nine attacking players. Clearly leading the group and favorites to come in first, this will be Neymar's big chance to lead Brazil become its team-leading goal scorer in the process, and cement his legacy outside of Messi. It may be that this campaign carries the South American rivalry to the biggest stage if they both make it out for a semi-final showdown. Now, if Argentina is a team that is greater than the sum of its parts, Brazil is a good team with great players. Let me just really quickly just spout off some names here. They've got two goalkeepers. I mean, three goalkeepers, but two. Can you do that? that? They all know. play at the same time. <laughs> they've called up both right Allison pitched. and Ederson, Liverpool and Manchester City star goalkeepers. They've got Marquinhos. They've got Thiago Silva. And they've got Eder Militao as their center backs. They've got Fabinho, Casemiro, Bruno Hameres, Fred as their midfielders. Uh, and I'm just going to list you all their forwards right now. They've got Vinicius Jr., Neymar, Antony Rodrigo Rafinha Richarlison Pedro. The, I mean, they they have it's like Barcelona so many, out there. Uh, yeah, I know. It's they it, it just got a crazy. Gabriel amount, Martinelli. Uh, yes, sorry, they have. If Brazil have any real issues going into this tournament is that they have a fullback problem. Danny Alves and Alex Telles are not strong first-choice options. And Danny Alves is kind of considered a bit of a bogeyman for the team. Uh, he doesn't perform very well. And another smaller issue may be that they have too many great attacking players. Uh, Brazil have a, uh, have, have a lot of options, and they really haven't brought quite the midfield that you might want to for a World Cup depth. Perhaps they could have left some of their attackers at home in favor of more midfield options. Players to watch. The obvious one here is Neymar. Tite himself said that Brazil are dependent on Neymar, even if it's in a decreased capacity this year. He will be dictating the team as he only needs three goals to surpass Pele in order to become Brazil's all-time scorer. He is the primary Samba, the Samba Supreme, the Samba Sovereign, the Sultan of Samba.
1: Is that a Samba with sour cream?
0: Brazil will comfortably win it out of the group stages. I see them at the very least exiting in the semifinal.
1: That seems reasonable.
0: All right. No questions here. Yeah. I'm scared of them. They're getting stronger.
1: (laughs) You're scared of them as an American fan or just general, generally? That
0: thing, it frightens me.
2: Serbia!
1: Dude, Serbia. Come on. Anybody? Group G. The real G's of Group G, Serbia, are led by their man, Dragan Stojkovic. Hell yeah. Yeah, their opponents obviously are Brazil, Switzerland, Cameroon. Recapping that, Brazil's number one, Switzerland 15, Cameroon 43. Their style, I have here written in all caps. Fuck yeah, let's rock. How many attackers can I put on this motherfucker?
2: This is the group that has all of the number nines.
1: Yes. Serbia have... Very fun attacking ball. This is what they like to do. Dragon Stojkovic says, We're going to score the goals. Damned conceding goals. We don't care. This is all about bagging them. Yeah. uh, Sorry, I got distracted by my own writing. Big issue. No shoes, no shirt, no defense, no fun. Uh, They don't have many good center backs, folks. And I think they're going to try to win a lot in shootouts, perhaps. So we'll see how that works out for them. But their attacking unit could be very fun. They've got Filip Kostic, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, Dusan Tav- uh, Tadic, uh, Mitrovic from Fulham, and Dusan Vlahovic from Juventus, formerly of Fiorentina. That is a great group, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see how that all works together. Um, they've scored a bunch of goals in groups and in qualifying. Uh, this is what they do. I think that they're just going to play a bunch of high-scoring matches, and it's going to come down to if they can take their chances or not. They can produce a bunch of goals in theory, but can they win in a shootout? We'll see. That's that's what I've got. We'll see. Um, I think they're going to be a a blast to watch. And here again, this is a team where, as I was researching them, like Japan, I was thinking, man, this is just going to be a fun team and a fun group to watch. So, Serbia, shouts out to you. Now, what's my biggest issue with Serbia? Their jerseys. They've got the Puma jerseys. Mm. It says Serbia in a name tag on the chest. It looks like shit. F. One out of ten. All right. But Serbia, watch them.
0: They should be a good time.
2: Off to a neutral country? (sighs) Switzerland. Yes.
0: Welcome to the land of eternal summer. (laughs) (laughs) Their manager is Murat Yakin. Fun fact, in the 2022 FIFA World Cup qualification, Northern Ireland held reigning European champions Italy to a goalless draw, thereby ensuring Switzerland's qualification for the tournament and Italy had to play in the playoffs. In gratitude, he sent 9.3 kilograms of Swiss chocolate to the Irish Football Association. Wow. Very nice.
2: Very That's nice. amazing.
1: He also looks like Mads Mikkelsen. Straight, oh, he's a straight
0: baller. Sick. 9.3 kilograms of chocolate. That's a lot of chocolate. That's, That's so is. much
2: chocolate. And he said, I've got more where that came from.
0: Bricks, bricks, bricks. Their FIFA ranking is 15. That puts him uh, second ranked in the group, uh, Group G, uh, and they tend to do a four-three-three or four-two-three-one, and this is primary uh, primarily to unlock Shakiri as a number ten or a winger. Uh, the, he is uh, he's, he's the talisman for this team, and they are the strongest side defensively in Europe by World Cup qualifying standards. They love a man-to-man press when the ball is in the opponent's initial third, and it is quite effective. So I think we'll expect to see a lot of chaotic plays in the opponent's initial third one, Switzerland's on the field. And we all know that's uh, kind of a bit Leeds-esque. So I'm excited to see it. The jersey rating, okay. I mean, I don't know. It's I, I like... The different style of the OA Juices have, but overall it's kind of boring. I give it a C. Looks like a name tag. Yeah, it's like it's not great. Right. Yeah. Switzerland have a tough uh, group this year, uh, with Brazil towering over the other teams of Group G. This leaves Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon to fight for second place essentially. Uh, Serbia and Switzerland are two teams, at least in according to FIFA's ranking, that are on par with one another. So this will be quite a test for Switzerland and Serbia because they are kind of a like-for-like ranking fighting against one another this will be several of their big stars last world cup jordan shikiri uh, jan Sommer, and fabian cher are all on the wrong side of 30 their big issue is they don't got any big guns serbia and brazil took them all uh they lack a go-to number nine and this will prove to ying their defensive yang this tournament uh, if they can overcome this issue, they may, well, they may well see themselves out of the groups into the knockouts. But in the meantime, their choice for the moment is Briel Mbolo, the Monaco man. He's a good enough player with seven goals and two assists and 13 starts in the League 1. So uh, I think he'll serve fine, but uh, I think they really do lack the upfront guy that they, uh, for a go-to one. You know, sound familiar. Players to watch. Switzerland have some classy players amongst the squad, most notably their creative force. I've mentioned him, uh, Shakiri, but he really is a central figure to this team. Uh, However, they do have one of the sleeper keeper giants of the Bundesliga, Super Jan Sommer. He's an incredible shot stopper. He had the most saves of any keeper in the 2021 Euros. He is your guy. And so it'll be exciting to see him do his acrobatic uh, stuff. My prediction for them, it'll be a bit of a toss-up for Switzerland, in my opinion. But if they can come in second within Group G, they could have a shot of making a deep run this year, depending on who wins out in Group H. So overall, uh, it's it's honestly going to be a question of uh, the Serbia-Switzerland game, I think. It really depends on who wins out there. Yeah. But I think Switzerland. Uh, Switzerland has the has the chance to edge it out, and I think they are a bit more consistent defensively. So I do think Switzerland could beat Serbia.
1: I met a guy from Albania who told me that Shakiri's last name is pronounced Shachiri, which is a fun fact. Um, yeah, fun team. I think they'll be good.
0: Oh, one more for Group G, Cameroon. Cameroon,
1: led by Rigobert Song, they are ranked 43rd in the world. They have a direct attack style with a 4-3-3 formation. Now, their issue, they have a talent deficit. Hard to overcome that, especially in this group where there aren't any easy matches. I think they are, unfortunately, the easy match. Now, that being said, who is the player to watch? I think it's going to be Zambo Nguisa, the sort of do-it-all, all-action Napoli midfielder who will uh, sort of dictate the tempo for them. In the midfield, he can get forward, he can defend, he's a great player. Um, I was sad to see him leave the Premier League when he went to Napoli. He'll hold things down for them. And if Cameroon are successful, I think it'll be because he was the man. Unfortunately for Cameroon, they are the minnows in their group. And I think it's likely that they will perform like it. Now, that being said, their goalkeeper, Andre Onana, is known as a bit of a madman, which makes this a very fun team to watch because he will probably run out of his net at some point in this game, in any game and be in a really weird spot when you don't expect him to be. And anything could happen. So, definitely watch when Serbia plays this team, because I bet it's going to be interesting. A lot of attack. I don't think they really have a chance. There's all sorts of uh, turmoil within the Cameroon group as well. Uh, you may remember Samuel Eto, who is now the sort of head of the Cameroonian FA. He's kind of embroiled them in some controversy. I think he's criticized a lot of the players in the team. Just been critical of their performances as a whole. They also had this weird controversy where they just like unilaterally decided they're going to change their shirt sponsor, or I'm sorry, like the manufacturer, the, the 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 company that makes them. They went from, you know, say they left Adidas or whatever. They went to a new new company without really telling the old one that they're doing it. Um, so there's like this whole big thing, like where will they be able to wear this shirt? Will they will not be able to? So. Yeah, I think there's just a lot of turmoil. I think they're probably just going to have a really bad World Cup, to be honest. I don't think they're a very good team, unfortunately. Their jerseys. Green kits are cool. There's a bit of a winged pattern on the chest. It kind of reminds me of Oregon Ducks football jerseys, American football. But, yeah, like I said, there's some weird trouble with them. So I gave them a 6 out of 10. Do we want to predict Group G?
0: Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. I I feel
1: comfortable with this one, I think. I
0: think Brazil is buying away number one. Yes. Okay. Two. Uh, two i would i i could see a, i could see either serbia or switzerland i could too but i'm picking switzerland okay switzerland serbia then cameroon. cameroon group g good
2: and done group h portugal
1: man they just keep on coming portugal give me a moment please that's a team huh some good players yeah. i'm not scrolling to my place in the document where i have portugal information right now group h portugal Manager, Fernando Santos, the much-maligned, much-reviled manager, Fernando Santos. He helms the number nine-ranked team in the world, Portugal. Their opponents are Ghana, Uruguay, who are 14th, and South Korea, who are 28th. For some reason, I don't have a number next to Ghana. Anybody know Ghana's number? 61. Thank you. Wow, 61? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. They play a 4-2-3-1 style. They're very conservative, defensive-minded, scared, even. And a lot of people... Portuguese fans do not like this about this team. Is that they play rather conservatively, and if you look at their squad, they are stacked with talent. <laughs> Very strange uh, situation over in Portugal. Is maybe a bit of a redolent of the England setup, perhaps. I don't know. I don't think Southgate's quite as much maligned. Anyway, big issues. They play scared. Uh, a team as talented as they are should not struggle. Not should not have struggled to get in the World Cup the way they did. Despite this, Portugal are clear favorites in this group and should see themselves finishing top. But if they finish, if they struggle, and finish second. A round of 16 face-off with Brazil potentially looms. Not great. Players to watch, I mean, come on. Just look at the roster, take your pick. It's pretty stacked. João Felix, Rafael Lau. I mean, those are very exciting young players. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, anybody? Takers? You know, they've got D- DS in defense. <laughs> Pass. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, Ruben Nevesh. Sorry if I'm slaughtering those pronunciations. I'm trying my best here. I don't believe Diego Jota made the World Cup with injury. Nope. Yeah, that's unfortunate because he's been quite good for them. But yes, nonetheless, they've got a lot of talent and they'll have a very solid 11. So definitely all the talent they need to make a deep run into the World Cup. The question is, will they be able to overcome their sort of I'd say structural and maybe perhaps a little bit mental shortcomings uh, with this defensive mindedness. We'll see. I think they will probably uh, finish top of the group, but maybe not get there the most easy of routes. Um, They have the talent to make a nice run, but I think they'll probably end up struggling in the knockouts. seems like the players really don't like Fernando Santos uh, and would prefer to be managed by somebody else. And so, Yeah, I just think there's going to be some cohesion issues there. And ultimately, they will probably underperform. But they'll get out. They'll get the knockouts. Okay. That's Portugal. Jersey rating? Portugal, Jersey rating. Kind of cool. Yeah. They went with a a pattern instead of a solid color. There's like a slash. It's green. And then it's red. Kind of diagonal. I think the green is just a little too green for me. Which is just a bit, a tad bit brighter. I love I green jerseys. Um, yeah, I, I think it's okay. It's not. It's nothing too big of a problem. But yeah, six out of ten. That's what I gave it.
0: I think Portugal's got one of those uh, crests that always works. Like very the cool. Cross.
1: Very cool crest. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. All right, Ghana. So Ghana, Ghana. going Ghana do it. Ghana, nothing to lose. A tale from the brothers IU. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Their manager is Otto Otto, who has been on the job only since February of this year after leaving his assistant job at Borussia Dortmund. Their FIFA ranking is 61. They are against 9 Portugal, 28 South Korea, and 14 Uruguay. Ghana definitively, by every metric, are the worst team at the World Cup this year. They come off the back of a terrible AFCON in which they didn't get out of the group for the first time since 2006. Their team is the lowest-ranked team by FIFA's grade, and they are up against two historical heavyweights in Portugal and Uruguay. Otto Otto has some good managerial credentials with Dortmund, but this will be by far the worst side he's managing with bigger stakes, even with the added stress of having only been on the job since February. However, there is no more dangerous situation for an animal to be in than with its back to a wall and nothing to lose. Ghana find themselves in this exact scenario, and this could prove to be the recipe for a miracle. Admittedly, they have bad defense, very bad defense with fullbacks and wingers lacking pace. This makes them vulnerable to any team that decides to play wide and go for it. They additionally only had 8 goals in qualifying, the lowest African side to do it. Now, there are some bright spots here. They've got good players. The side's most heavily featured players judging by qualifying were Amarte, yours truly Yes, and Alexander Jaku and Jordan Ayu. These will be the heavy cast of players within the squad. But Andre Ayu, Jordan's brother, is also their top scorer in qualifying. Well, together the brothers Ayu will lead Ghana forward, and we might see something there. <sighs> I hope so. I think that would be a crazy upset. Sixty-one. That is so low. And honestly, they don't really have much of a style. They usually play it with a four-two-three-one, and I think they. I think if they play their hearts out, they might pull something off, uh, but I cannot, I don't know, I just can't see them beating Uruguay yeah. for these kinds of results. Uh, their style, I mean, excuse me, their jersey rating, the star just works for me. I love the away jersey. I think it is just surprisingly fantastic. Oh, yeah,
1: that's cute. What We're, is the What's with the box? I don't understand. Why are we doing the box? They
0: didn't want to be creative
2: individually it doesn't what is it what is it uh okay moving on uruguay dark horses diego dare to dream again diego alonso is the manager fifa ranking 12 style the new Diego manager has found some success with 4-2-2-2 two, two, two setup. Uh, I think they're a little top-heavy with the attack. They're not a build-up play, slow build from the back kind of team. They don't waste any time getting the ball up the field to their very fast strikers. Jersey rating, blue one's pretty standard, white one has a little more fun, but after watching their announcement video, I kind of expected something more. 6.5 out of 10. Narrative. Their Dark Horse narrative kind of has been a catchy one. There's definitely the Dark Horse team. Uh, they're looking to get their third World Cup trophy in the bag. This It's a bold claim, but the, the talent that they have produced from a population that is less than 3.5 million people, they consistently punch above their weight. Six of the players are 35 years or older. Will that affect their play style? Probably. Big issue, probably age. This team has talent coming out of their pores, but with six players over 30, they've experienced, but isn't enough to coach the young guns like Valverde and Nunez to keep pace for them. Injuries are a thing to watch as well. A lot of the players have had scares in the last couple of weeks. Will they have enough backup if it all goes to injury? Also, the first World Cup under the new manager in a very long time. Everywhere you look, alonso is being compared to the great Oscar Teberez, who, from the sound of it, single-handedly built the squad to what they are now, Les Celeste, as the Uruguayans call the team, have only won one trophy in 2011, the Copa America. But this is their fourth World Cup in a row, which is a feat in and of itself. Their group is also a huge issue, Portugal, South Korea. These are some huge names right to beat off the bat. If they can prove something during groups, they have a chance to make a run for it all. Players to watch. Valverde, uh, the man responsible for the assist to the goal to win the Champions League last year, is ready for his World Cup 2022 fame and stardom. He wants to bring it home to his family. How adorable. He is known for his insane stamina and versatility on the pitch. He is setting records for goal scoring with Real Madrid, and he plays with Vinny. He can play fullback, wing, defensive midfielder. He knows the pitch, the ball, how to read the game. He didn't score a lot last season, and comments were made about how maybe something was wrong. And he found his foot attached to his ankle finally and started goal scoring. (laughs) His teammates joke that he will break the ball when he shoots because of how hard his shots are. His work rate is also incredible. Benton has really come into his own, pretty much dominating the field for Tottenham, solidifying his spot there and on the Uruguayan team. He scored two goals to put them ahead of Leeds this weekend, with him feeding and playing behind Nunez. That could be a pairing that unlocks more goals for Suarez. Uh, more goals than Suarez, finally. This guy. Suarez, Luis Suarez. Still their guy. He scored eight times in qualifying alone. At 35, he ex- has experience to direct play, show the young guns what's up, and still boasts in an array of talents to find the back of the net. My prediction quarterfinals for Uruguay. All right, last one. We've
0: got Korea. South Korea, the Republic of Korea. Their manager is Paulo Bento. Paulo. A fairly esteemed Portuguese manager, having managed the national team in the early 2010s. Their FIFA ranking is 28. They face off Portugal, Uruguay, and Ghana. We've heard it before. Their style is a 4-2-3-1 with intricate passing play as they slowly, and I really want to emphasize slowly, push forward and work around the defense. Sun also features as a part of their front line, dropping back to immediately start long diagonal switches of play to get the attack in gear. It's actually quite satisfying to watch. Their jersey rating, absolute S. Look at the freaking tiger on the jersey. Um, simple but badass. The narrative here is that Korea feature a great systematic team with manager Paulo Bento frequently talking about the need to trust the system they have in place. The Tigers find themselves in a tough group against opponents Portugal and Uruguay. Two. Footballing behemoths. However, Korea is no pushover, and this group will culminate for the Koreans against Portugal, Bento's old club. A showdown in the sun. Ha, 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 ha. See it there? Things get spicy. Their big issue is that they lack some criticalness in front of goal, and that they, they tend to be a bit more vulnerable to set pieces. They also have a habit of trying to be too intricate with their play in the build up squandering opportunities that might turn into something. This might bite them in a fairly tough group against both Portugal and Uruguay, where chances must be converted. Now, players to watch. Son is Korea's favorite. Well, you get the idea. The big issue is his current form with Tottenham isn't quite what it was last year, and we are unsure how fit he'll be coming off with a fractured eye socket. However, another younger player, Lee Kang In, is the next flash in the pan for Korea. He is incredibly press-resistant, and it is silky with the ball at his feet. He's only 21. He could really cement his name if he puts in a great performance in Group H. You guys should watch this highlight reel. It's very fun to watch. Korea have a more than decent shot at getting out of the group, but it will come with a requirement of getting a result against one of Portugal or Uruguay, and they need to beat Ghana. Nothing is guaranteed in soccer, but if they do this, I can see them in an impressive second-place finish in the group. What do we think for... Uh, For Group H, Mm. gang. I think Uruguay gets out, and... I think Uruguay finishes first.
2: Yeah, they're good. They look really, really strong.
0: I think Korea finishes second. Whoa. I think Portugal finishes third, and I think Ghana finishes fourth.
2: I sign up for that.
0: I subscribe. Yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: I think my problem with Korea is that they just don't have enough good players but I guess we'll see what balances out there. Okay.
0: Now the big question for you two is disregarding the United States. What team would you like to see win it the most?
1: Um, Japan.
2: Okay. I feel like you guys know my guess.
1: Oh, right. Morocco.
2: Yeah. Morocco. I fucking love Morocco. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Denmark win it.
0: Jacob, who would you like to see win it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of good teams out there that I think I'd be happy. Um, I'd like. I think it would be very cool to see it to for to see like a Greece two thousand four euros kind of thing with Wales maybe, uh, or I would like to see Argentina win it just to put the messy stuff to bed forever. But honestly, anyone but Brazil or France, and yeah, uh, Germany and I'm okay.
2: Not Hansi Flick. Germany had
0: it in twenty fourteen.
2: <laughs> All right. Um Anything to add before we sign off (coughs) Yes, this Uh, marathon recording?
0: uh, A word on our coverage for the World Cup. So what's going to happen is for the World Cup, we're going to release a bunch of episodes trying to cover as many games as often as possible. For groups, it's probably going to work out to about every other day at some point. And for the knockouts... It's going to work out probably every other day for the round of 16. And then after each successive round, there will be one except for the final. So I assume what we'll probably do is release social media posts indicating when our next release date will be. Because unfortunately, we all have full-time jobs. And most of us have to go into work at uh, random intervals. So (laughs) we can't really control that. But what we will be doing is when we're not is glued to our screens and watching the drama play out in Qatar. Okay, well, cheers to the United States. Cheers to Denmark. Cheers to Japan. Cheers to Wales.
1: Let's go, Blue Samurai.
0: Cheers to Tunisia, the Eagles of Carthage. Cheers to our free time.
1: Cheers to Moroccan mamas. You're special.
0: And
2: Uruguayan understudies. That's right. You guys got hot things like kings and mamas and I got... Understudies. What would? What, what, what?
1: Underpants. Yeah. I mean, you're a Uruguayan
2: underpants. underpants. Umpire. I'm calling it.
1: Uncles. You're uncles. You're uncles.